With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What an afternoon in the wacky, wild world of sports. Yes. How often do we have just a random Wednesday afternoon with this much going on? A, uh, Federer gets beat. Yeah. Nadal wins in five grueling sets with Del Petro. Uh, and John Eisner, the big, tall American, ends up in the semifinals. And that means... President Donald Trump will attend the semifinals at Wimbledon. He said he would if if Eisner was Eisner was alive, he'd uh, he'd show up. And Eisner said that's fine. Serena said uh, he doesn't have to show up for me. That's fine. I I, I could do without him. So uh, we have that going. Then we have the Fighting Twinks coming back from uh, being a quick three-down, three-run homer by Salvi Perez, top of the first off the struggling Lance Lynn. Twins come back to take a 5-4 lead. Lynn walks two to start the sixth. Presley comes in and hits a guy, and he he strikes out somebody on a bad breaking ball. The guy kind of went halfway and then Drew Butera gets called out on a pitch neck high. And uh, that strike, that's the second out. And then he got out of it. And then the Twins end up winning 8-5, eight, 8-5, five, eight, five, right? Yeah, I, I believe eight so. 8-5. 8-5. Yeah. I got a question for you, sir. For both of you, actually. Yeah. Has my guy Lance Lynn gone into a seventh inning yet this year? Uh, yeah, he had, did he have a complete he has. game? Did he have a complete game? I think he has, but he throws so damn many. He was up, you know, every he time. left with 114 or 15 pitches. It seems like every time he pitches, he goes like five. Well, his first inning is always 32 pitches, even if it's scoreless. I mean, come he on. He doesn't man. throw strikes. He Last year, he started not throwing strikes. He'd been a pretty good strike thrower. Last year, he started walking guys, and they said, well, he's coming back from Tommy John. Well, he's still walking guys. And the knock I, on him, too, I mean, because he basically admits, I only throw like two pitches, because he throws 80% fastballs, and the hitters know that. But that doesn't mean he's... that should mean that he throws them over the plate more often, Well, I guess that's right? what I'm saying, because when he throws it you know, over the plate, it's going to get hit. <laughs> well, not necessarily. If he's got a little run on it, and he, he used to throw pretty hard. Anyway, Dozier hits a home run. That's his third in four games. He's hitting. He's been hot now for about five games. Uh, meanwhile, Dustin Pedroia going back to Arizona to continue his rehab. Not anywhere near ready to play. Probably won't play this season. Uh, they're getting sick of watching Eddie Nunez and Brock Holt at second base. <laughs> I see a match. Uh, mm. And uh, Dozier, Dozier and Fenway, that'll work out good. You know where else I could see him going? Milwaukee, if they don't get 
Obviously, if, if they, they don't, don't get, get Machado. Manny, if they don't get Manny, yeah, who goes to shortstop then? Who's uh, well? Mean, they're playing that. that uh, they're playing the kid. Is uh, I forget what his name is, uh, but they're, the crowd's chanting his name. But they well, have they the want Ozzy Garcia is not playing well. Right. I mean, he's Ozzy's kid brother is hitting uh, 180 or something. Mm. That's they would play Manny at shortstop. Dozier can't play shortstop. Uh, Dozier, the Dodgers, they might get a market for him now. They get the Red Sox and the Dodgers both interested, and of course. Little tiny Croatia, less than five million people, uh, defeats England two to one. Scored, uh, what do you think, seventy minutes or so? They tied it. They, yeah, like I think that. it was in the 20, six, 67th minute. 67th minute. Sixty seventh so or sixty. England got one real early. Croatia ties it uh, on a uh, fabulous goal by uh, a guy, or was it the winner that? Uh, that he almost kicked the guy in the head. No, that was the tire, right? When I think he, that might he kicked have been the tire it in. One. A guy leaped up, the, kicked the, it in. The winner was, was where it went up in the air, and then it kind of landed, and a guy just sort of tapped it in. in. I guess tapped I it in right past. Yeah. The goalie. So the second goal was the the tying goal was fantastic. Croatia wins. They end up playing thirty four minutes of uh, overtime after a little bit of extra time. So Croatia. Smallest country in the history of the World Cup to reach the uh, championship game. And Twitter was made for moments like this when it's World Cup. Because then you get people from all over the world chiming in. And we were talking earlier about the uh, the video in England of the, the celebratory first goal and the people going nuts. Yeah. And then it said, and now let's check back in on England as Croatia takes the lead. And so it... <laughs> Took that video and put it in reverse. Uh-huh. So it goes from all the beer and celebrating, uh-huh. yeah, to just complete they silence. Looking, uh, they all looking <laughs> somber. <laughs> well, this is a young English team. You know, they got rid of Wayne Rooney and all those old guys that had choked so many times. And they, uh, they, they kind of surprised themselves, I think, with their run. But, hey, I have no trouble with Croatia and France. I was hoping for Belgium. But, mm, you know. That's uh, it's probably not the best for TV ratings in the United States. There's probably a little more Anglo. A lot of pe- e- EPL fans, for some reason, related to England, even though about a third of the players are from England. They're, Croatia's probably got six guys playing in the EPL. A lot of people locally are relating England to the uh, they are the soccer Vikings. How they always find yeah, a way to kind they, of choke. Boy, they, they haven't been this far in a long, long time. The Vikings get a little closer, don't they? Usually, I guess. They get, the, they, little, they get a little closer a little more often before mm, they rip your hands Yeah, England, out. Is, uh, England has been a... Hell, they didn't get out of... I don't think they got out of the group last time or something. They were, they've, uh, they haven't been uh, a real threat. This is the first time they've gotten to the semis in quite some time, I do believe. They've only won it once, you know. What, 666, I think? Yeah, they, won. they only won it once. I think the, uh, Germany beat them in 50. Was it 50? Maybe been. 1950. Germany beat them in, uh, in the finals just because I... That's when the... No! I think 50 is when the United States beat England. Out of out of nowhere. All these guys that they just rounded up. Oh, okay. You know, and a bunch of ragamuffins over there. They went over <laughs> and beat, uh, beat England. I, I think it was 1950. Anyway, and, and the links, and the links win yeah, big over the fever. And a morning tip off. Uh, what? Well, I, I guess they get the, all the young basketball groups to show up for these yeah. games. All the kids, and they have a like a. There were there were games. Freebie. There were a couple other. Yeah, games there were three games that, today. Yeah, and I think the other two started at like 10:30. The links usually have one of these games too, right? One of these. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think morning so. or early afternoon games where they let a lot of people in.
Yeah. Uh, we went big over the hated Fever, who have won two games this year, one of which was over the links. Yes. At, uh, I was at, at uh, that game. At, uh, it's not good. At Target Center. Anyway, uh, Twins win. Lynx win. Croatia wins. Nadal wins. Federer loses. Isner wins. Isner wins. Uh, let's see. What else we got this afternoon? Is that all? Anything else? I think that was it. All right. We'll be back. Uh, and we're going to call Croatian Hall in South St. Paul, one of the most famous saloons in the Twin Cities. Doug Woog drank there. It's got to be good. If Doug Woog <laughs> drinks there, it's got to be good, right? And uh, we'll see what uh, see how the Croatians are doing there in uh, South St. Paul uh, now that their team has reached the World Cup final. for Croatians in the Twin Cities in Croatian Hall in South St. Paul. We have Edvin on the line. Edvin, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a very exciting game. Uh, what's uh, what's your last name? Jurisovic. Oh, that and that's a good Croatian name, huh? Yes, yes. Uh, I grew up there. Oh, you grew up there? And how long have you been over here? Uh, for about 20 years. Okay, and uh, and living in South St. Paul or just near no, there? No, actually living in Omaha, just visiting for uh, some training here. Oh, okay, but uh, how how did you know that Croatian Hall was the place to go to watch the soccer game? I just looked it up. I was in, uh, <laughs> also like the last weekend I was in Kansas City, I looked up the place there and they had a similar party in a Croatian Hall in Kansas City with over 100 people. Uh, so I looked at that place here and um, it was pretty cool to be uh, watching it in a Croatian place. And uh, were there uh, some good old South St. Paul Croatians there with you? Uh, there were a couple. Okay. Uh, it was rough because it was a middle week, I guess, so not many showed up. But uh, hopefully for Sunday there will be more. All right. Uh, they're planning on having uh, more people here on Sunday. So, Edwin, uh, did you leave for here? Uh, did you leave for the U.S. Uh, during the fighting, or uh, hadn't hadn't it started yet? No, I came. I came for school. Okay, uh, came for I, school. Yeah, went to university. But when yeah. you came over here, Croatia was part of Yugoslavia, right? Uh true. Yeah, yeah. It was just about uh, breaking up uh, when I came. And now, how much? How much soccer? history does Croatia have? I mean, we know them better as a basketball country over here with well, some great basketball players. How, how, when did soccer become big in Croatia? Oh, it, it was big right away. Uh, they were, uh, right after the Croatia broke up, uh, they were in uh, 1998 World Cup. They got the third place. And uh, so this was the next big accomplishment for them to get to the final. Uh, and uh, what, where... Uh, where do most of these players come from? You know, are they Zag- most of them from Croatia. Yeah, uh, I know uh, Zagreb or where? Where do they? Uh, uh, there's few from Zagreb. Yeah, they have a big academy there, but there's some from Split, a uh, couple from Rijeka, a uh, couple that were born uh, outside of Croatia. So, what um, do you think might be happening tonight in the capital? Oh yeah, you 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 gotta watch some uh, videos. It's gonna be crazy. There. <laughs> Hopefully, nobody gets hurt. Now, you don't even have 5 million people, right, in Croatia? No, 4. 4 million. Wow. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
Now, uh, what? Uh, that, that was a good. Uh, that was a good Croatian name of the guy who scored the winner too, right? The Madzukas or something. Madzukas, yeah, Mario, Super <laughs> Mario, we call him. Is he? Uh, is he legend over there? Yes, yes, he's a uh, he's a very famous player. So, what do you think of uh, Croatian Hall as a place that it's been in business this many many years in South Saint Paul? Yeah, it looks really nice. Um, it's first my first time here, but uh, it looks really nice. Um, they got they got a lot of TVs here, too, so they can have a really nice atmosphere. Now, are are you married? It. I'm sorry. Are you married? Yes, yes. Oh, I was going to say that's a good spot for a wedding too. A yeah. lot of Croatian weddings take place at Croatian yeah, they Hall. Could, they could have it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, you, are you going to call somebody back home, family or anything, to see yeah, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, my brother still lives in Croatia, so your we're mother thinking about going. My brother and my parents as well. Oh, okay, so we're actually thinking about going to the watch the final. So we'll see if we can make that happen. Wow, that would be something to get uh, get to Moscow. That would yeah. Uh, I was already there for a couple of weeks. I saw a couple of games. Oh really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Which games did you see? I saw Croatia Argentina play. Ooh, one here. Yeah, that was uh, that was those Argentinians didn't take that one too well, did they? No, no, not at all. Lots of crying uh, after that yeah. one. So, are you, does this surprise you at all, or did you know this team was this good? I knew they were really good. I just was worried they might be tired because they played two games overtime back-to-back, -back, yeah. uh, which kind of showed first half. They were a little slow, but they picked it up uh, after that. And uh, the quality they, the, some of the players they have uh, came to... You know, came to, to came to light. And uh, maybe you made Britain. Uh, maybe you made the uh, Brits a little overconfident by uh, letting them have that goal early. Yeah, maybe. You know, sometimes it's not good to score first. All right. Well, uh, congratulations. I'm glad you found uh, Croatian Hall, a very famous uh, bar. Let me talk to Tom, the guy who runs it. Will you? Okay. Here we All go. All right. Thanks. Thanks. This Tom. Tom, uh, Pat Ricey, how you doing? Yes, I'm well. How are you, sir? How long has uh, Croatian Hall been there? Uh, we've been here for it'll be a hundred years next year. Wow, unbelievable! And was it the stockyards that attracted the uh, workers, the population? Uh, yeah, it sure was. Yeah, there's a uh, picture of uh, us at Ellis Island when they get off the boats. They say go to South St. Paul, the packing houses, and you'll have a job and a, a place for you call home. Are you a Croatian? I am not. Okay. How now uh, the uh, South St. Paul? You've had to branch out your uh, your uh, your business model, I would think, uh, because the Croatian population is probably not what it used to be. That is correct. Yeah, there's a lot up on the higher range. Uh, so yeah, we uh, we have definitely have to branch out. Has uh, Wooger been in uh, having a cocktail lately? You know, I have not seen a Wooger for uh, for a while now. No. What? Uh, that was one of Wooger's favorite joints, man. It, yeah, it certainly was. Yes, yes, he spent uh, spent the many hours here. Now, are you the only uh, uh, bar left there that uh, was with the nationality attached to it? Uh, we all we have the uh, there's a, the Polish National Alliance down the street. Okay, and then, uh, we have the VFW as well, and that's uh, pretty much about we it. We don't have a Serb. Uh, we don't have a Serbian one though, right? No, the Serbian hall has been closed for quite some time now. All right. Well, uh, hey, you know what we need to ask Patrick. What? We need to ask Tom. What was the beverage of choice being served, or I guess most asked for for the uh, for the match today? Uh, well, there was certainly a, uh, a Croatian shot of Shlivovitz okay. uh, that we all shared at the end of the game today. Uh, and what is Shlivovitz? What would it remind us of as a liqueur? 
It is a plum brandy. Oh, really? Huh. Yes, it, uh, it's a diesel fuel, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of like Aquavit for the uh, for the uh, Norwegians and the Swedes, huh? That Correct. Yep, absolutely. All right. And uh, how many people come in now, still come in, and want that with a beer? Uh, there is not too many that come in for a shot in a beer any longer. It's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely a change. Now, do you guys even have... Now, don't tell me, dear God, the Croatian Hall doesn't have craft beer, do they? Have craft beer? Yeah. Uh, no, not really. We have, you know, just your, your basic tap beers. Okay. And uh, how's the wedding business? Do you get a few during the summer? Oh, we get quite a few weddings, yeah. We get quite a few graduation, local graduation parties and that. So, yeah, we, we stay plenty busy on the weekends with that. Well, now Sunday, uh, you're going to have to have a watch party here, right? It's early Sunday. Yep, it's 10 a.m. Yep. We will definitely be open with food. Okay. Uh, and what, uh, what Croatian delicacies, per- perhaps? Uh, well, lamb and uh, sarma. Um, we're, we got to work out the details on that. So uh, I'm sure we'll have, we'll have uh, a little of all for that. What's sarma? Sarma cabbage rolls. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're not bad. No, no, yeah. they're actually good if you like sauerkraut. Yeah, and I'm, I'm big on lamb. I think we ought to go to Croat Hall that and watch the game. Yeah. Yeah. Come on down. We'll definitely we'll be open at 8 a.m. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, and uh, you must have been a thrill for Edvin to find a place like you to watch the game today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he called me this morning. I said, <laughs> yep, come on down. We will, uh, we'll be open. So he, he came down with his friend and... Enjoy the game. Tom, What? Uh, what's your nationality? Uh, I am Scottish. Okay, and uh, it's pretty amazing in this country of four, a little over four million to be in the World Cup finals. Yes, it certainly is. It's very exciting for all of us. And, of course, Scotland, very proud of their mediocre uh, soccer, too, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all righty. Hey, Tom, thank you. And uh, tell all the Croats in there uh, congratulations. And I hope Wooger stops by pretty soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Will do. All righty. Uh, what's the... Uh, I'm with Joe, the, by the way. What? What he said last hour. I think it's great that these guys get that into oh, yeah. this event. What's the liquor again now? What are we going to have? Plum brandy? Plum brandy. I, I forgot the, uh, to write down what the name really it was. Croatian plum brandy. I'm going to look it up. Sounds right like now. something the missus, is, the, the gals yeah. might like to drink, huh? I'm going to plum brandy. I've never even heard of plum I brandy I told you guys, before. you know, Aquavit is, I think it's, is it Norski? I think it's Norwegian. And they eat scandinavians but they eat torsk and it's like this white fish that mm-hmm. they cure and it's like lobster it's delicious oh, boy. it's like delicious and they got a torsk eating club the the guys at prom used to throw it and i think it went nine months a year they didn't do it in the summer slivovitz 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 name of it and freddie the, freddie the gardener you know the guy the great freddie yeah. the gardener was one of the guys Loved it, man. He looked like he got that you squirted with a butter gun when he was eating this stuff. And becoming, but he got me to Freddie Glasso got me to speak at it one year, and it was not an opportunity that a guy should really covet because they all get full of aquavit and taunt the living oh. crap out of you. I mean, it's worse than heckling. It's out and out ridicule. Sure, you know. Awesome. And I, and I bet maybe when you get full of this plum brandy, you can get them a little mouthy too. Well, and when, literally when you type in plum brandy Croatia, I mean, there's different yeah. recipes. There's okay. this. So this must be that's the their, popular uh, drink of choice, their, uh, and, and very celebratory. So mm-hmm. that's very cool.
Well, the lamb sounds good. I'm, oh, I'm all I in on the lamb. I love lamb. And yeah. cabbage rolls are good, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a cabbage guy, but a well-done cabbage roll. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, pretty fantastic. Oh, Croatian Hall. I wonder. Now, I wonder if the missus would want to go watch the soccer game at Croatian I, Hall. I'm wondering I, I, I too. Might check, I might check it out. I got a hunch. No, I'll what, call you. Maybe we'll go. When the yeah. game is on at ten, you're going to have people there at eight. He said, but d- they got to get a special license to serve before then, wouldn't I they? Know. Can't you can't serve at eight. I don't think you, think you can serve before ten o'clock. Or maybe maybe St. Paul's different. I don't know. South St. Paul or South St. Paul. Okay. Just it's a different. It's just it's different. A different world. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> See, I've always said it's the Iron Range attached to St. Paul. You're right. It was the same. It's the same. Yeah. City. It's a now that's changed immensely. They got new developments, but the old South St. Paul was hemming, except it sure. was next to St. Paul. And us knowing the mayor of that city mm-hmm. personally here on this radio station, my guess well, is now And now Rookie's over there as the assistant mayor. Yes, so, so I'm uh, wondering, too, if they'll probably waive that, uh, waive that right if there is one in place. Well, either that or at 10 o'clock, they're going to have all lined up on the bar and everybody For some Slebovitz. Slebovitz. <laughs> Give me another shot of that Slebovitz. That'd be a hell of a way to give up 37 years yes, of would. sobriety with, you a and your brethren. Of, with a shot of Slebowitz. Oh, man. All right, we'll be back. What do you think, Johnny? You want to go to Croatian Hall on Sunday morning and uh, drink, eat lamb and <laughs> cabbage rolls boy, and slips. cabbage rolls and wow! I'll buy dinner. Sounds okay, good. I'll buy breakfast, man. Sounds let's good. get, let's do I'm it. I'm in. What the hell? Can you imagine how bad we'd smell by about noon? <laughs> <laughs> man, alive! Cabbage man, rolls well, and booze. Can, then I'd have somebody to root for, because uh, right now Croatian France doesn't do much for me. No. I was rooting for Belgium, and, you know, they choked. So, All right, here's Johnny Height with a sports update. Thanks, Patrick. This update sponsored by... Hey, action-packed sports update. Lots yeah, of stuff lots today. Lots of stuff. Uh, sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. The Minnesota Twins beat the Royals 8-5 to five Hey, today. hey, hey, the red-hot Minnesota yeah, Twins. Uh, six out of seven. Six out of seven. I saw Doge. I saw Doge saying we've won six out of seven. Doge is trying to get the idea that a big run is coming here. Yeah. He was uh, quoted today in uh, one of the local yeah. papers as yeah. saying... Uh, it could be like you last know, year. It could be. 20-6 and six in August. <laughs> Brian Dozier had three hits, including a two-run homer. Bobby Wilson, a couple of hits and a couple of RBIs. Logan Morrison with a home run for the Twins. Uh, Lance Lynn, he struggled, but he got the win anyway. Uh, the Twins will open a four-game series against Tampa Bay at Target Field. Tomorrow. I went over and talked to Jake Cave this morning. I'm going to write a column on him as soon as the show's over. I got a little bit of it done. But he comes up, damn near hits a home run right off the bat, and he got two hits, too. So yep. uh, He did like to admire that almost home yeah, run, he too, when he's out. out of the box. He thought it was out. Well, of course, so I did thought, you and I, yeah, I did when too. we saw the TV. They got a triple out of it, though. Yes, so. he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he wouldn't have gotten any more bases than that. <laughs> you know what? He's a good outfielder. He's yeah. a decent player. Yeah, he's fine. He's okay. Uh, Twins foot reliever Addison Reed on the 10-day disabled list with right triceps tightness before the game. Yeah. Uh, does that sound, does that one sound a little suspicious to you, Johnny? Uh, it sounds to me like uh, they're saying he's got, he, he's put on the uh, parentheses, bad ERA was his injury, parentheses. He's been terrible. 
Uh, to take his spot on the roster, they recalled Alan Businitz from AAA Rochester. He actually pitched the ninth in today's ball game. You know who was great today, though, was Ryan Presley. Well, yeah, he was, except he hit a guy, and he he would have been 3-2 and two on Drew Butera, but they called him out. I thought he came in with the bases loaded. No, he, he, oh, he, he did. He the, the first guy. Oh, just, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. First guy. Well, then it wasn't that great. No, he, was, well, he still got out of it. He, got, he, got, he struck out three, right? Yeah. Struck him out. Yeah. Counting the one that wasn't a strike. Uh, Minnesota Lynx played a day game today. They defeated the Indiana Fever, 87-65. to uh, They will play Las Vegas Friday night. We started a rookie at forward today. Uh, I saw Youngblood tweet out that uh, they, she hasn't started many rookies since she's been here. Uh, uh, Reeve, but I can't remember what her name was. Uh, <laughs> Annie? Annie? Uh, sure. You know, Emma? Somebody? I don't know who it was. She's not played much, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't Augustus know. Augustus is hurt, right? No, uh, Brunson and Zandalassini were out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Croatia, as you've been talking about, as we heard, beat England 2-1 to one to advance to the World Cup championship game against France. At Wimbledon today, men's quarterfinals. Uh, let's see. Boy, the, the big one, I guess, would be Roger Federer, huh? Being Getting defeated by, by Kevin uh, Anderson. By a South African Kevin you know? Anderson. Uh, Novak Djokovic beat Kaya Nishikori. American John Isner defeated Milos Roenick, and Rafael Nadal ended up defeating Juan Martin In a wonderful, long, mm-hmm. grueling match, Nadal wins in five sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, a group of former Louisville men's basketball players have filed a lawsuit against the NCAA over the organization's vacation of the uh, Cardinals' 2013 National Championship and 2012 Final Four appearance. John Morgan is one of several attorneys who represents former Cardinals captain Luke Hancock, the 2013 Final Four Most Outstanding Player, and four is, teammates. Is Gorgie Jang one of the guys who was uh, part of that? He was on that team. Yeah, somebody get all the Gorgies. Gorgie. Yeah. Yeah. During a news conference today, Morgan described the NCAA as, quote, a morally bankrupt organization that yeah, exploits... Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Exploits student-athletes. That's a hell of a way of putting it. it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> the uh, suit filed in Jefferson County Circuit Court does not specify monetary damages. It says the NCAA uh, cast the plaintiffs in a false light, seeks declaration. I, we're all rooting for them, and they got no chance. Although, no. if they can get a hometown judge, they'll lose on appeal, but if they get a hometown judge, they might... Might at least be able to prolong it. Might briefly be victorious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Briefly. All right, Johnny, and we'll be back. Jordan Bianchi, talk a little auto racing. Haven't done that in a while. Jordan Bianchi, uh, I saw you writing a little uh, a bit of uh, race reporting for NASCAR.com. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. It's just kind of a uh, filling in the gap, so to speak, and figuring things out. But yeah, I'll have a big feature for them tomorrow on my recent trip to a Wisconsin short track. Oh, really? Where'd you go? Uh, Slinger Speedway, which is about an hour outside of Milwaukee. So. Well, how about a coincidence fun. like that? Because I was at the short track, the uh, dirt track down at uh, Jackson a, uh, a few weeks ago, and we just had a piece in it and, and Tuesday's paper. I saw that. That was really well done, sir. Have you? Uh, have you? Uh, you should go down there and see what they've done, man. Uh, the guy came in and uh, pumped a bunch of money in it. It's four tenths of a track. Of course, uh, what it, what you discover with these dirt track guys is as big a enemy as rain is to baseball. It's a really <laughs> big rain to, uh, uh, rival to uh, uh, dirt track racing because they've had to, they've had to uh, call off a couple of um, this year. Because if you get three inches on Wednesday, you can't run on Friday, generally speaking. So 
No, and, and there's a science to how they compacted dirt because yeah. they wanted a certain, you know, they don't want it too hard, they don't want it too soft, and they'll add a little bit of water to, to kind of get it where they want to. But like you said, if it rains, it really puts them by an eight ball, and they're basically kind of sitting on their hands waiting for it to dry for the next few days. So with all the trouble that, uh, that uh, ra- auto racing is having right now with the younger people, is the world outlaw still doing well? Yeah, you know what? Dirt sprint car racing is is a kind of a phenomenon in the sense that it is the one motorsport in, in the world that is doing really, really well. People are passionate about it. And the thing is, they have all these shows. They run like 50, 60 shows yes, you know, a year. Their schedule is unbelievable. What do you look at? It is. It's ridiculous. They're running, you know, two, three nights in a row sometimes, but they're going to these tracks and they're not, you know, they're an outpost and they're packed. People are there. Wow. They're excited. They're spending money. And I mean, they're not getting 30,000, but they're getting 10,000 at a lot of these places. And it, the passion is there. So it is inter- It is definitely, uh, sprint car racing is doing very, very well. And, it, and there's a lot that you could take away from that, that NASCAR and some other series could look at and say, you know what, maybe we should do this. Maybe we could be doing it better here because they're doing it really well. And it's not big buck. As you say, you get in for 20 bucks, 30 bucks. You're not going to have to pay 12 bucks for a beer or something like that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's Americana. It's, 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 you know, it's not always backwoods, but they're backwoods locations to some, uh, some degree. Yeah, absolutely, and, you, and you're very right. It is, it's an affordable thing, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way. It, it's kind of like minor league baseball. You, yeah. it, it's a, in a, in an inexpensive way to go out with the family and have a good night, and it's only about two hours, two and a half hours. Yeah. You're in and out. It, it's not like that. NASCAR Going to a NASCAR race is a full-day commitment, and it's an expensive commitment. So we had uh, jo- Joey Chitwood came to life at uh, Char- at uh, Daytona over the weekend. What the hell? How many cars finished? About three? Uh, just about that. I mean, literally, there was a 40-car field. 20 of them crashed out of the race. And the ones that even finished the race were just beat up. I mean, the guy who won, Eric Jones, I mean, yes. he, was involved, he, he was involved in a couple of incidents. It, yeah, I mean, this is Daytona. This is Talladega in a nutshell lately. These guys are really aggressive, overly so probably, and the result is is you're going to see what you saw, what we saw Saturday night, which was a lot of big multi-car wrecks, and this has just become the norm. Um, you know, people are sitting there scratching their heads going, well, what can we do to change this? And it's like, there's nothing you can do to change this. This is, this is Daytona and Talladega, and this is just how it is, and unless you change those tracks physically, uh, there's, this is just kind of how it's going to be going uh, forward. Either that or the attitude has to change. That uh, By having these segments, they probably have increased the uh, amount of aggressive driving, right, early on well, in the races? Yeah, I mean, that is certainly part of it because you're rewarding guys now for, you know, you divide the race up into three, and if you finish, you know, in those first or second segments, you get points that can help your championship chances. So NASCAR wants these guys to be aggressive and sometimes overly so, and that's fine when you're not racing at Daytona or Talladega because if a guy makes a mistake, it's usually, you know, he's just going to crash or maybe he takes out one or two other guys. But at Daytona, if you make a mistake, you're going to end up getting 10 guys with you. So it's their new championship format they have it has paid a lot of dividends. We saw that a couple of weeks ago in Chicago. They put on a really good race because of that. But when you go to Daytona, um, it changes the game a little bit, and that is the result of why we've seen you know race, races like we saw Saturday night. I think it was the first Daytona I was at. Uh, Swervin Ernie Irvin was uh, <laughs> caused some big collision, and they were all mad at him. He was drove like a maniac, yep. and now you got fifteen of those guys out there. 
It, it is. It's very aggressive. And they were so mad at Ernie Irvin that they made him stand up in the driver's meeting and give this speech about how he wanted to earn back everybody's respect and he was sorry and it was really hokey. And now, like you say, though, that's how everybody's driving. Like, they're just they're being aggressive. They don't care. If they have to throw a block, they throw a block. If they have to run over somebody, they're going to run over somebody. And I thought it was telling is, is Brad Keselowski, who's really good in these races and is really kind of patient a lot of the times, said after he got crashed out, he says, I'm going to be more aggressive. Screw it. I can't because I'm getting, he feels like he's getting a ticket advantage of now and it's hurting him. He's like, I, I have to go the other way and be more aggressive because otherwise I'm not going to do well in anything. So it's, as this intensifies a little bit, guys are even thinking, you know what? I need to up my game. It, it's just this perpetual cycle. And I don't know how you break it up. Eric Jones was the second guy for furniture role. Uh, where is he now? He is with Joe Gibbs Racing. He replaced okay. Matt Kenseth. Okay. And uh, is, is, is before us uh, last weekend, was he having a decent year, or is he doing he, okay? No, he's he's having a really good year. He's just one of these young stars in the sport. He's 22 years old. Um, there's been a lot of hype about him. People look at him as a future champion. He had a very good, quiet year going in there. He was going to probably make the playoffs, even if he didn't win Saturday night. But it, he was kind of building. You could see that this first win was coming. It didn't expect it to happen at Daytona. But he did a really good job in a, in a race that would have been very easy to be impatient, as we were just talking about. He was one of the few guys who was actually patient and put himself in the position to capitalize. How is the crowd at Daytona this summer for the summer race? Okay, uh, or not huge? Yeah, it's it's not where it's certainly not the Daytona 500, and it's compared to it's probably about 45 percent capacity. It's it's a struggle. Ooh. I mean, in that time of year. Um, people are not necessarily wanting to go to race. And the weather there, you know, Daytona weather can be goofy, too, because the storms roll in late afternoon, and that can wreak havoc, yeah. too. So it, it's tough. Hey, uh, the uh, didn't look real great at Chicago, but I was in Chicago that weekend, and it was 105 degrees. So uh, that that might have uh, cut down, but uh, that that did not look like much of a crowd there either. No, and it's been a very tough market for him. And like you said, the hot, the heat was, it was extreme there, no doubt. But it has been a very tough market. They hope that they, by moving that race this year from September, which opened the playoffs through the summer, it would get away from the Bears and the Cubs playoff stuff and all that other, all the other sports stuff going on. But even then, that race is, doesn't matter where it's been. It, it, it has been a very hard market to crash. And when we say Chicago, though, I think it is important to say yeah. it is a Chicago area. Yes. It is about 50 minutes, <laughs> yeah, maybe even an hour from downtown at least. So what, uh, what, what are the, uh, what are the radical, baseball has all these radical ideas now, uh, uh, three balls, two strikes, uh, no shifts, uh, 20, it's 20 second clock. What radical ideas are you hearing about NASCAR trying to get the younger folks involved? I don't even think it's radical. It's things we've talked about before, which is you need a shorter schedule. February to mid-November is way too long. And try to get out of the way of the NFL and college football because when it comes to the fall, you're going to get blown off the sports landscape. And two, some of these races are ridiculously long. I mean, three-and-a-half-hour races. Uh, in this day and age, I would say two, two-and-a-half hours is at the most. Now, there's some races I would leave as is, sure. Daytona 500. But, I mean, you need to shorten up the races. You need to have fewer races. You need to kind of create a demand almost. And I know we talked about sprint car racing. Oh, there's so many of those. But you can't do that with NASCAR. It's a national sport. And you have to, and I firmly believe less is more. And I think that's the best way to go. And if you're going to cater to uh, a demographic whose maybe the attention spans aren't what they used to be, you know, obviously shorter is better.
And cars aren't what they used to be either as far as, uh, you know, the you don't have as many kids uh, when they're 14 just waiting to get their driver's license. I'm so, I see stats where, uh, what, 25% of 16-year-olds have driver's license now? They don't care. Oh, no, they don't care. And it's not even just that the kids don't care about driving anymore. And, and this is something that's going to be really interesting to see where it goes five, ten years down the road. But you're having car manufacturers now saying, you know what, we don't care about making sedans. We care about making SUVs and hybrids and, you know, sports cars and trucks. We don't care about the four-door sedan. Well, NASCAR's bread and butter has always been four-door sedan racing. So at some point, there's going to have to, you know, manufacturers are going to have want on the racetrack what they're selling in the showroom. And if that's not the car that NASCAR's been racing all these years, there's going to be a radical change on that front. All right. Hey, Jordan, thanks for your time, sir. Always a pleasure. All right, uh, Jordan. Uh, he's uh, had some stuff out on NASCAR.com uh, lately. You can check it out. Jordan Bianchi will be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. July 11th, 1922, the Hollywood Bowl opened, one of the most famous uh, venues for music in the world. Uh, it's one of the world's largest natural amphitheaters. Been in about 500 different movies, the Hollywood. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of murders have been committed with people running down the steps trying to get away with guys with guns and knives and stuff. Uh, Judy Garland's been there. Uh, Pavarotti's been there. And, of course, the Beatles. Uh, came there, one of their most famous uh, concerts when they stopped there, and they released an album that uh, that sold a whole lot there. The Beatles, the Hollywood Bowl. It uh, originally just kind of opened in uh, underneath the tent and stuff, but they got a bunch of architects there to take advantage of the natural sound, including Frank Lloyd Wright's son, Lloyd Wright, uh, they made improvements to the venue's structure and acoustics. And today, the Hollywood Bowl seats nearly 18,000. Its paid attendance record of 26,410 was set in August 1936 for, for a performance by French opera star Lily Pons. You remember Lily, Oh, of course. You? Yeah, I, I might have passed on that one. But I would have liked <laughs> to see the Beatles there, that's for sure. Anyway, uh, the Hollywood Bowl opened in 1922, and everybody's been trying to copy that amphitheater ever since.